There is a reason that the Torah is referred to as the five books of Moses. Even though Moses is not mentioned in the first book at all, right? I mean, he's not in Genesis. But Moses is the preeminent figure in Jewish histories, so to speak, a paradigm for us. If God redeems the Jewish people, Moses is God's agent, and we are all about redemption. Moses lived a long life. Not all of it either exciting or even extraordinary. Certainly at the beginning, you know, we all read about that, right? Being born, he's adopted in the midst of the persecution of the Jewish people. All the firstborn, all the babies who were born must be drowned in the Nile. It's great trauma, great danger, right? A moment filled with anxiety for the Jewish people and a spellbinding story that we all learn. The trajectory of Moses' life was set by this transition at birth, his adoption. But then we don't hear anything about him. Forty years, forty years, he lived in Pharaoh's household, and we don't know a thing. Apparently, it was fairly boring. During those years, apparently, Moses assumedly lived the daily life of the son of Pharaoh, right? He lived in the lap of luxury. He lived with great power. But it just goes along, and there's no change. So the Torah doesn't have to mention it. And we get to a point where Moses could perhaps no longer suffer the inhumanity of the slaves. Or perhaps his sense of justice rose up inside of him, and he slew the taskmaster who was persecuting one of his own people. We don't really know the reason. But for whatever reason it was, there comes a change in the story, and once again we find out about Moses' life. Here there's a change. Moses completely offers, alters everything in his expectations. Everything that has occurred into his life up until now, it's gone in one moment. No longer is he the child of riches or the child of power. He now he's becomes a lowly shepherd. But once again for 40 years. He lives quietly. He lives without complaint. He herds his sheep at the foot of the mountain of God, Mount Sinai. But we don't hear anything about him for 40 years. Apparently, things were going along just fine. But he never achieved a state of holiness. He just was. So again, these are these two periods in Moses' life, and we know nothing except for about those moments of change that altered his history. Moses married into a priestly Midianite family. He was assumedly introduced to the God of the mountain by his father-in-law, by Jethro. That's about all that we know is the 40 years pass. And then there comes that moment. Moses confronts God in a bush that is burning but is not consumed. And once again, he dramatically, dramatically changes his life. The burning bush proves nothing without Moses' actions afterwards. But once again, his life is altered. And for perhaps the third time, we get an account because there's been a change. Now, of course, Moses assumes his prophetic role. No longer the scion of a powerful home, no longer the shepherd. Now he's the redeemer. 
He even leaves behind his wife and his family in order to bring his people out of Egypt to redeem them to God's service. Once again, we know a great amount about the change and almost nothing of the events that follow in the next 40 years in the wilderness. The Torah story is a story of the change, the upheaval. Very little about the wandering through the wilderness. What conclusions might we discover from this week's Torah portion, and indeed, the entire story of the five books of Moses? Well, we discover holiness embedded in moments of change, followed by long years of the new normal, as the holiness in change develops and grows quietly without people really noticing. Most of our lives, things are headed in the definite direction, like a car headed down a superhighway for a set destination. It's what Woody Allen supposedly said was, 90% of life is just showing up. Sometimes there are long stretches like driving across Kansas on I-70, so boring that in retrospect, we don't even remember where we were or how we got to where we are. There are no highs, there are no lows, there are no surprises. It's just the same old normal, and we travel those distances and we call it life. Time, the greatest commodity, slides away like a ribbon of highway in the rearview mirror. Indeed, we sometimes even forget where we have been. It is so unnoticed day to day. But there are moments of change filled with excitement in every life. And these moments are filled with possibility, the undreamt dream. But they are often also underscored with the dread of change. Moses left Egypt to face the barren wilderness. I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember that movie, The Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston struggles across the Sinai, virtually crawls as he gets from that barren wilderness, hot sun beating down on him, just barely makes it all bedraggled to Tzipur as well. He's made it through the wilderness that altered his life. Dread must have overcome him facing that barren parched stretch of Sinai's rock-strewn desert. Yet despite the very human dread of change and the prospect of the desert stretching out in front of him, Moses did not look back. He plunged into the future to discover the as yet unknown holy moments that would take him to greater unimagined heights. You see, without the wilderness, there would have been no burning bush. Not only would Moses find invigorating challenge, he would be offered choices to build freedom, and he would not be offered encounters with God that he could not have imagined and he became the redeemer of his people. The moment of crisis, he had no way to know this. He just had to have faith in three things. His background and training, his decision-making ability, and the presence of the God 
who would lead him forward. Our rabbis say famously, the actions of the ancestors are a sign for their descendants. We live out the same pattern as our ancestors did. Congregation Beth Torah is reaching an inflection point, a moment to grow forward, to meet a challenge, or choose to moan and return to the flesh pots of Egypt. Do we have the training? Do we have the ability? Do we have the God who will lead us into future holiness? I am proud of the dynamic Beth Torah that we have built. We are truly, truly a community of believers building a holy community for all of us. It ain't perfect, I know that. We don't respond to one another perfectly every single time. But you know what? Strangers visit our worship and we get members from other congregations, this city and others. And they tell me without being solicited and with a kind of wonder in their faces, this is a very special place. I'm not sure what it is, Rabbi. It seems so human. It seems so warm. I feel so welcome here. I feel kind of instantly welcomed when I came through the door. I don't know what it is. People tell me all the time, Rabbi Levin, you've built a wonderful place. They are wrong. And they are wrong for this reason. And frankly, it's not modesty that compels me to say it. I didn't build this place. I just get the credit. I set out to build it for sure in my naivete. I thought this would be my obligation and my responsibility to build. But I soon found out building a community is an impossible task for any person to carry out. Every person in this community decides every single time we think about attending worship, every single time we walk through those doors, every time we make a decision that we want to be a part of this community. This community, for some reason, is meaningful to us, that we're happy that it exists, that we gain from the community, and by God, we're going to be here. The board makes decisions that determine our direction. Thank God for them. Volunteers construct programs. Thank God for them. But most important, it is the atmosphere of Beth Torah that makes us the community that we are, all of us, and together. If any one of us were not here, we feel the difference in some small way. And to prove the point, to those of you who are here at our 25th anniversary celebration, we didn't do anything special for the worship. It was just Beth Tower worship, the way we always do it.
and with a full congregation, it was wonderful and inspirational and uplifting. And it wasn't the liturgy. It was you. It's not a rabbi. It's not a music director. It's not an executive director, and it's not an educator. Together we are the community that we need, the community that we have built, and the community that we intended to be. We do have engaging worship here, I think. There have been many worship leaders, that's for sure. And this congregation has had a series of music directors, music leaders, starting with David Harris and Gene Naren and Rabbi Steve Bernstein and Amy Perinall of Asholem and Cantor Barbara Finn and for the last decade, Linda Sweeney. And after July 1st, there'll be somewhat different people standing up in front of you leading worship. I'll be here sometimes. Rabbi Reese, the new interim rabbi, Rabbi Shapiro, whom you will come to adore, will be here most of the time. And Linda Sweeney will go to another pulpit, as our much-beloved Cantor Barbara Finn went to another pulpit before her. But the community of warm and welcoming Jewish souls will remain the same because that's you. That's you. And you're the reason that this is here and that this exists. You are not only the raison d'etre, you are the community that makes it happen. The community will still support one another because you support one another. God is shaking things up just as God shook up Moses because Moses needed to learn something in order to fulfill God's mission in his life. This community will still sit together and visit with one another. And we will share our lives with one another in these plain little moments which we look into the soul of the person next to us. We come to pray and be a community to celebrate our lives together. That community is the reason and the justification for our existence. There will be beautiful and meaningful worship, I assure you, but community is the essence. And for that, you make all the difference. You are Beth Torah. We have the background. Together we have built an historic community over the last 25 years. We have the ability to reach out to one another, to demonstrate concern for one another, to offer a warm and welcoming atmosphere with great worship. And what about the God who leads us forward, the third component of this? Is God with us? Well, here's what I believe. As God shook up Moses at his birth, and 40 years later on leaving Pharaoh's house for opposing injustice, God shook up Moses again. And 40 years after that, to return to liberate his people, so God shakes up our lives to compel us to examine who we really are, to get off the highway, to redirect our lives toward God.
We get complacent, we human beings. Got to shake things up to make them go where they're supposed to be. We don't know the lesson in this change. It's too early. But I do know this. I am not this community. Linda Sweeney's music is not this community. Jack Feldman is not this community. Marsha Rittmaster is not this community. You and your connections to one another, that is Bath Torah. That is this community. Bath Torah took one year to replace me. They've done a terrific job. And the successor rabbi, the interim rabbi, is a wonderful guy and a great rabbi. We love Linda Sweeney, and now we will replace her. But God is present in our lives right here and right now and telling us, you make this community happen. You be this community. You pave the road into the future. That is the challenge that confronts who we are. And that is God's call. It is for the holiness moment that we have built these 25 years to actually be the community that we claim to be. People walk in here and they feel it. If you're here every day, maybe you don't. But I'll tell you, strangers who come in here, they feel warm and welcomed and caring and loving, and they want to be here more. Together we have the background, Together we have the skills, and God is with us as God has been with us these last 25 years. Now, together, let us make sure that this holy community happens, because we, in our presence, are the community. Kenya Hiratsu.